Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scott Stedman Podcast. Today, we have a wonderful uh, topic to discuss today, but before we dive right into that, uh, a couple things. I want to introduce my co-host, Micah Current. Micah, how are you doing today, this morning? It's been a crazy 24 hours, but I'm good. How are you? I I would say that it's been a crazy 24 hours. I think for you and me. I mean, we both yeah. have to share before we started recording, but, you know, it's, it's another day and we're thankful to be here. Yeah, me and Micah have our mini counseling sessions with each other before we start our podcast. Pastoral oh, care is a real day. thing. It is. It is. But um, glad to be here uh, with you to discuss our topic today. But before we dive right into that. Weird stories. So I will go ahead and start first because my weird story is probably not a doozy as you said it was when we talked about this. So um, it's no secret if you've been following the podcast for a long time and been a long time listener from the beginning, uh, you will know that occasionally I'll do these film and faith things or I'll have my Pinterest list where I keep track of all the Criterion collection films I watch, which if you're unfamiliar with Criterion Collection. It's usually a place where they do a lot of art preservation um, and they like to have like a high standard of art and they have like a lot of different films in their collection from not only domestic but internationals. Um, So occasionally, you know, I'm a charter member of the Criterion channel, so I get to watch a lot of these movies and get to see what new stuff they add each month. But Occasionally, there's some that you just can't get, and you just have to hope that you can find a copy to rent or buy or whatnot. So, moving to Ohio, and especially the wonderful Ohio link, where you can get pretty much anything from anywhere in the state of Ohio, there are a couple films that had evaded my list that I was able to find within my own library here in Bexley. Uh, One of them was a movie called Watch Dogs with uh, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, that one was pretty good. But then another one was Kai by Breakage, which was this like guy who did a bunch of short films with eight millimeter cameras and just did like a lot of artsy stuff with, you know, stuff you can't really do with eight millimeter. So I got volumes one and two on Blu-ray. I'm like, oh, cool. I could watch this. And I'm a pretty artsy guy. And sometimes I could watch a movie and pull out certain themes and go, oh, And sometimes my wife, like, she'll even have to ask me questions on what the heck's going on when she joins me on my little artsy endeavors. Um, But I'm watching these, and they're just these short little things, and I'm sitting here going, what the heck am I watching? What is this? Like, (laughs) like, I understand, like, at the time, using 8mm and doing some of the cool special effects that he's able to do with very primitive camera equipment at that time. It's pretty impressive. Like, that's probably the more thing. But I'm, like, watching some of these videos, and I'm just like, what? I mean, most of the time, I'm just seeing flashing color, and then occasionally I'll see, like, someone, like, eating dinner. And then <laughs> I'll see, like, a couple of flashes of blue and green. And next thing you know, I see people, like, having sex in, in an inverted color tone for, like, a second and then it goes to like a dog eating food like i don't know what it all means man (laughs) did you uh take something or eat something you weren't supposed to no i i wish i did it probably would have made the movie more interesting 
I don't know if it get much more interesting than that. But I'm sitting. Well, at least it'll keep my attention because half the time I, I I have to like watch it in dose because part of me goes, well, I don't want to just say yeah, I watched it and not really watch it. But then there's a part of me that goes, maybe I can cheat a little bit and just kind of because I mean it's taken me a while and now I have to debate: Do I want to watch wrestling tonight or do I want to continue to watch this? Like. Because I'm still almost done with volume one. I still have a whole second volume I have to watch. Mm. And it's like, oh, do I really want to do this? No. Yes. Uh, I have to. So, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, sometimes film is just so weird sometimes, especially when you're watching experimental art. And I mean, I can still remember watching like, when Andy Warhol and like another guy did like some horror movies. So they did like a Dracula and a Frankenstein one. And that was pretty weird and out there too. But at least I felt like there was at least some type of coherent track that I could follow. I can't follow any of this. It's like looking at my kids artwork. I'm just like, it's there. I might hang it up, but <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it means. <laughs> or it might disappear. Who knows? Yeah, it's probably actually most of our artwork's like in a bag to kind of save because we have boxes for like their artwork and stuff. So you could see how they progress, which is pretty cool when you get to see some stuff. But yeah, especially my daughter, it's here's some of her art's pretty rough, but she did do a good football field and had like a little football in the middle of it. So how old is she? Four. Yeah. So, so it's pretty good. Better than just here. Here's a squiggly line. <laughs> It's a house. It's just like a squiggly line that's like an inch in diameter. And you're like, oh, that's a beautiful house there. <laughs> Is it a bird's house? <laughs> well, to you, yeah. maybe. Yeah, for me, maybe. <laughs> so, Micah, that was my weird story. What was? What's your weird story? Man, I don't know if I can talk to the video that you watched or the series that you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if you want to watch um, that series I'm talking about, it's by Breakage, B-R-A-K-H-A-G-E. Um, if you find it through Ohio Link, I might get an email from Bexley saying, hey, you have to return this because someone wants to borrow it. I'm like, who? Is it Micah Current? Is he wants to borrow this? <laughs> no. You, you tell me you and Leisha could sit there and watch and probably after like the first like little like short video, you're going to be like, yeah, we're not watching this anymore. We're going to send this back. <laughs> Um. So yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a little uh, giggly at eight thirty in the morning on a Monday. But um, yeah. So the weird story that I have is it's it's kind of a it's it's not easy to tell, but it kind of segues into what we're going to be talking about today. But um, some dear friends of ours who go to a church, or let me say, should, I should say, went to a church that I used to work at. Um, had went to that church, left that church, and went back to that church, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, they felt like they needed to go back and get plugged in again and reconcile some of the stuff that had went on there. And um, during that time of like transitioning back to the church, somebody from the church reached out and asked a question in reference to why are so many staff 
and so many lay people leaving this particular ministry. And so our friend who responded to this message in this inquiry said, you know, it's X, Y, Z. These are the reasons why. And so she basically told this person who reached out to her exactly what she, you know, how she felt and what she believed happened and why it happened. And so I'm being very careful when I, when I, when I tell mm -hmm. this, because I don't want yeah, for, for various reasons. Right. Um, yeah. You know, people, I don't want names or churches or anything like that, but like she, uh, this person had reached out to our friend, asked her why she thought lay people were leaving, why so many staff have left X, Y, Z. And so the following Sunday, um, the pastor got wind of that conversation that mm. had happened between our friend and somebody else at that church. The pastor then preached and their, uh, they pre-record all their, their sermons for their live stream. Like they're not live streaming mm -hmm. at the moment. They've just continued to pre-record like the COVID days, the COVID 2020 era. Yeah. Um, it gets a little bit deeper. So like, I don't know that that person, so he, the pastor did that. Uh, so he went off on a rant in person, like during the Sunday morning worship service. Mm -hmm. And then online, it's also online. And so about 90 seconds into the message, he just says, scrap it, claps his hand. He's like, we're going to start over. And the person who edited the video just left it. Pastor then goes on to basically call out our friends. Oh, God. And says it, but he doesn't mention names, but we knew exactly what what it was about. It gets deeper, Scott. They posted on their social media. The quote from the message, the quote says, the sinful victim, quote, the sinful victim is someone who wants everyone to know how much pain they're in and whose fault it is. The suffering servant desires only to bring healing to God's people without blame or complaint, end quote. Which leads us to our topic today. So, yeah, yeah that was like, so since then, our friends who went back to try to reconcile things have left and said they'll, they'll never go back. Because they tried to reconcile things and express how they felt. And that's what happened. So the floor is yours, Scott, our topic today. And yeah, we're going to focus on preaching and what should be preached and what shouldn't be preached and, and what should yeah. be addressed from the, so, the pulpit and, and X, Y, Z. Wow. And I thought, it would, do you think that that's, a, I think that's a good segue and a good story to kind it of is. Into like, our conversation. Like I would, I feel like, like where I was starting from was going to be like, kind of like at the low of that topic. And you just shot right to the moon, which was great. Cause I think we need to go. Cause I think, in order for us to really tackle this topic of pastors, what they're preaching from the pulpit, you're going to have to look at the extreme highs. Like, I mean, I, I mean the petty, I'm going to just say it, it's petty. It's mm -hmm. petty that a pastor hears something, hears some criticism and decides, Hey, you know what? I'm going to throw it in my sermon and I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to try to call these it. people out without mentioning their names. Exactly. But those it's people like, knew who they, but those people knew. Like yeah. they, they're, they're not dumb. And I'm sure the person who asked them that, which again, I don't know what the intent was of why that person asked that question to them about why they felt like so many people were leaving. 
maybe they were genuine, but obviously when that person hears it, they're going to have some thoughts and some feelings and probably some woundedness from that too, unless they were being like super spy and kind of being like the weasel to the pastor, you know, Hey, I'm like, here's what they said. Like, you know, kind of being the messenger. Um, but well, yeah, the, pers- uh, I- the person who reached out, Scott, like she, she was older and like stayed home during COVID. But when she finally decided to come back to church, she's like, where's all the staff and where's all the people with this church and, and get yeah. part of that maybe COVID. But there's a significant difference when you have a staff of, you know, seven to 10 people. And all of a sudden you have two. Yeah. Like they're, right. So like it was almost like two years was removed and she came back and she just reached out to what she thought was a friend in the church and somebody who was a regular, you know, attender of that church and wanted to know yeah. what was going on and why. And so, yeah. and that, and that was a result of that. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that's, that's good. Thanks for the clarification. Um, Yeah. Cause when I initially pitched this idea to you about what being communicated, I keep seeing these um, through Instagram, through TikTok. Sometimes churches will put like these little, like, like these little, like short segments, videos where they kind of hit like kind of like a main point to try to help draw people to check out their website, check out their social media, even check out their church. And I've been seeing a lot where it's like these pastors will go up there and they will say, well, this is the problem with the church. Mm -hmm. The problem with the church is blah, 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 blah. This is the problem of the church, blah, blah. And I mean, and I think in some ways they're explicitly just saying the church in general But then there's a part of me that goes, well, is it the church in general or is it I want to address the problems with this church, but I'm going to say the church because, A, it's going to be a broad spectrum and hopefully the people who do understand might say, oh, yeah, we have that problem here, too. Let's fix it. Or B, since everything's online now because of COVID. And pastors who still want to continue to do their online services, if you want to try to address some of the hard issues with your congregation, but you know that you have people who are visitors watching and maybe people who are part of the church, but they're not attending in-person services yet due to COVID or other reasons, you don't want to say, here's a problem with our church. We're a gossiping church. Like, and then somebody's watching that goes, well, I don't want to go to that church because this is a gossiping church. So if you say, hey, the problem with the church is there's too many people within the church that gossip, then you can say, yeah, you know, if I'm a visitor, I'm like, yeah, that person's right. Because I was from a church where gossip was a big issue. Um, but then there was another part of me that goes, you know, I keep hearing these people talk about the problems of the church. And is that kind of being counterintuitive to what they're trying to do i feel like sometimes they're trying to say hey churches have problems too but we can fix them and here's how we can fix them because this is what god's word says is what jesus or paul commands us we can do it but if you're always talking about the problems of the church every single sunday i feel like that there might be times where you're just like well you're not really talking about the benefit of church you're really not talking about why church is important and why that it matters so when you start going at the staff meeting and saying, well, how come people aren't going to church? But then every Sunday you're talking about the problems of church. Then it's like, well, in some ways, maybe you preaching about how there's so many problems in church or the church that people are like, well, if there's so many problems in the church, then what's the point in going? Mm -hmm. And that was just an idea or a thought that I had. I'm thinking, 
Yeah, you know, and and I'll be honest, there's been times in my pastoral ministry where I've been a victim, where I've where I've done that, where I have preached, you know, here's the, what the problem with the American church is, or here's the problem with the church. And I've done those occasionally, but not like every single Sunday, but I just feel like that's kind of after yeah, COVID. But- I just feel like it's always the problem with the church, the problem with the church. When I see those bumper videos or whatever that I see online, it's like, is that all you preach about is the church's problems? But Scott, I think there's a difference too. And, um, when you're preaching a sermon and giving sermon illustrations of like, okay, this is my friend who was an alcoholic who was transformed by the power of Jesus Christ and who is living in uh, a sober life and living a Christian life now and using that as an illustration in a sermon or getting up there and just having a big rant and event session because you're upset as the lead pastor of that church. Yeah. Right. I think there's a huge difference. And I think more and more that we're seeing the latter where folks have, you know, they'll get up and it's just, it just turns into this big gripe session about you need to watch what you're doing and you need to act better. And like, yeah, there's a time and a place to hold people accountable, but I don't think it's like, you know, pointing a finger from the pulpit at somebody and you wonder why people leave your ministry. So I'm, I'm just validating and backing up your yeah. point. And, and I want to know if part of that too, there, there's been times where I've, either I've talked to church people or even when I was pastoring a bunch of churches where I would occasionally hear someone go, you know, pastors, you know, it seems like a lot of pastors don't preach like about hellfire and brimstone. They've gone soft on sin. Right. And I want to know if because of COVID, because a lot of people aren't coming back to church and for some pastors, they're thinking, well, if you're not attending church, then, that's sinful in their mind or maybe in their denominations theology or philosophy um, that, Oh, if you're not coming to church, then you, then you're sinning. Then mm-hmm. I want to know if there's a push, like why we're seeing more of the latter things where people are pastors are going up there and ranting their frustrations because it's like, well, we've gotten too soft on sin. So I have to preach hard against sin. I have to preach hard against, you know, you got to be in church. You got to come to church because, you know, that's the only way, you know, that's the only way you're going to find community. That's the only way you're going to find healing. That's the only way you're going to find salvation, whatever the case may be. I feel like that portion of it may be a driving factor, but still, I think even with COVID, and we know we talked a little bit on our show about the great resignation. A lot of pastors are resigning uh, during kind of those couple of months leading up to COVID and a little bit after COVID. But I want to know those who still continue to stay for whatever the reasons may be, but they're also very bitter. They're very angry. They're upset with how things have went. They're upset that, you know, things may have been booming. Things may have been growing. And then you had this pandemic hit and you're just mad because now things kind of, went back to now things aren't popping anymore so you're frustrated you're angry and you feel like you know i have a voice and i have a position as a minister that i'm going to voice this frustration um about what i'm seeing within the church which again kind of i have an issue with that because really if i'm going to voice anything from the pulpit it should be a message from the lord not how i feel or my opinion about things right um, 
Yeah. I think there's a fine line again. I think you can use illustrations uh, in a sermon uh, to benefit, you know, what's going on um, in the realm of preaching, teaching, and preaching the gospel versus, um, you know, going off on a rant. I think it's it's just, you know, it's really disheartening and it's very, uh, you know, because some people, a lot of those things can be trigger points for folks, right? And so, like, you know, you don't, you, you really don't know what people are going through. And I think we, uh, Scott, you and I have talked about this in other shows, but like, <clears throat> um, there, there's a whole new generation and we're in between too. Like we have our parents who are older and we have kids or we have teenagers or a, a generation that's underneath us. And we're kind of in the middle of this, but like, I think the kids today are dealing with so much more and teenagers are dealing with so much more than we had to deal with, with, with smartphones and technology and, and access to anything and everything all the time. And, um, the message is different. The messaging is different. The way we teach, the way we preach should be different and should be fit to those who a are unchurched, but B, you know, you need to show them the love of Jesus in multiple ways other than what you've just been doing for the last 500 years. Right. So like, um, and I've read so many articles where the, the churches quote, you know, the last, the last to adapt to things like change. And then the churches that are mega churches that have adapted to change are the first to be criticized. So it, mm-hmm. it it's very, you know, it's just, it's such a hard and difficult thing to have a conversation about this stuff because it's like, you know, I, Yes, people mess up, but you know what? Scripture says that people are going to mess up, people are going to sin, people are going to do things that aren't, you know, godly. But at the same time, you know, you got to preach and teach about the love of Jesus Christ and not be so critical, right? So, like, uh, I guess let me ask you this, Scott: like, is it is that is that a sin? Are you sinning, like, as a pastor who's you know you're going up there and you're just ranting about you know gossip or calling somebody out in the middle of a church service like you're supposed to be the person that's holding that standard you're the, you're the person that's supposed to be teaching and preaching about you know the love and the mercy and the grace of god yet you're up there not you scott but just you know i'm saying metaphorically like mm-hmm. that 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 you're up there pitching a fit and you're the one that's pointing the finger and you're the one casting the first stone and you're the one doing this that and the other is that i mean is that wrong like it... yeah like it's yeah, and it's it's interesting that you bring up, you know, the Bible and all this, because, again, when you, we look at the stories of the Bible, even some of the most righteous people in the Bible are still kind of, they do bad things. And, I mean, even like in Sunday school, like for kids, we're going through the book of Daniel, and we talked about why Daniel was in captivity, and you know, we talked about how they ate, he ate him and his friends ate vegetables. We just talked about the fiery furnace and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what I find so fascinating is even when you read through the book of Daniel, yeah, there are certain things where Daniel's like, nope, this is the way it is. I'm not going to do these things. But then again, he's also kind of living in Babylon. He's kind of accepted some of their customs to be able to move up in the ranks but there's certain things that when he felt like okay clearly this is what i'm supposed to eat or clearly this is what 
I believe Yahweh says in his word or in his law. So I'm not going to depart from that. But everything else he's kind of doing, I mean, he's wearing their outfits. He's kind of gone to battle. So I guess in some ways, you know, for some people, they may say that, whoa, he's conformed to Babylonian culture. Daniel's sinning right now. But we don't see that in the Bible. We see that he's staying true to the spiritual side of things and even to the legal side of things with the law, but yet he has accustomed to some things within the Babylonian empire. Um, we see the Apostle Paul. Does Paul sometimes make little, say, hey, you know, me and Peter disagreed on this <laughs> about certain things? Yeah, he does, but he does it in a way to kind of talk about, hey, me and Peter sometimes don't agree with how things are done, but I believe this way because here's why and here's what I believe what Jesus said and what Jesus taught. And here's the approach. And so there's always something where it always goes back to Jesus and it's never focused on, well, I Paul believe this, so I'm right. Um, but yeah, if you are up there and here's my view, I kind of have a high view of preaching in some ways where if I'm up there, I better be preaching truth and not just truth of any type of truth or my truth. I'm preaching the truth of God's word and what it says. Yeah, so if but, I'm up there preaching the truth of God's word, then it should be coming from the scriptures. It should be coming from the word of the Lord. It shouldn't be me talking about my personal issues or my view or what I think, or even sometimes it shouldn't even be my interpretation or me exegeting what the Bible says to kind of fit my own point of view. Because I feel like in that way, you're not only leading people astray, but I feel like sometimes that's sinful too. If I'm up there ranting and raving about, you know, someone... Someone who has a problem with my leadership at the church. The pulpit should not be a public platform for me to talk about what someone else thinks of me. Yeah. I, I do think, it in an anonymous way. Yeah. Well, Scott, I think you nailed it right on the head. Like, it, I don't think Paul was up there, you know, calling X, Y, and Z out. Like, yes, he called the church in Corinth out or he called the church in, you know, th uh, you know, not Thessalonica, but um, you know the Roman Church or the the Church in Corinth or you know Galatia or whatever, and, and any of yeah. his uh, any of his letters. But like the difference, I think, with Paul was that he he said, "Okay, you're the Church in Corinth, Scott. Yeah. Like, you know, Scott, you're not doing great. You're sinning again. But here's what the Lord says, mm -hmm. right? He backs up his 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 criticism or his accountability with, you know." scripture with what he believes that Jesus is teaching. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. so like, I think what we're getting at in the point of this podcast and this episode is that like the outlandish statements that pastors tend to make from the pulpit, you know, I shared last week that we started listening to the, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Dude made some crazy statements from the pulpit, crazy mm -hmm. statements. And the fact that people are getting away with that stuff is just mind blowing to me. Like yeah. you should have elders around you. You should have leaders around you and say, you know, I, I don't know that that's a great thing that you should be sharing. And if, mm -hmm. if, and if you can't, you know, do that or, you know, you can't not do that, then we should probably have a conversation. But, yeah. but again, how many pastors are manipulating that point? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, well, I think we need to do this or this is the direct. Well, is it, or is it you just, because you can't take criticism. You can't, you know, um, you can't have those conversations one-on-one. -on -one. 
you can't have, you know, you don't know how to deal with conflict management. Like those are all things that you need to be dealing with. And those are all part of the job description as a senior pastor, lead pastor, whatever you want to call it. Um, teaching pastor, et cetera. But like, you, you've got to be careful. And and I've shared it in other episodes and you said it, Scott, but that's such a sacred space for people to, to understand about the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. And it, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling, but like, it, no. it's just, it's, it's, it's so it, it's, especially in the world that we live in today, it's very, very heartbreaking to see that like people are letting their pride get in the way of that. Yeah. Right. And what's the old phrase? The pride comes before the fall or the pride or whatever it is. Is that the right phrase? Yeah. The pride comes before the fall. And we've seen it with Mark Driscoll at Mars Hill. We've seen it with, um, Carl Wentz. Joel, Carl Wentz and Joel Houston at Hillsong. Um, you know, we may see it. I mean, there's some other pastors, some like other pastors, like the, um, I can't think of his name at Harvest Bible Church, but McDonald, I know his last name is McDonald, but we saw that happen with him. We saw that happen with Bill Hybels at Willow mm-hmm. Creek. Yeah. Like, you know, pride does come before the fall. So you have to stay humble. And, and I think one thing that you've mentioned too is, you know, looking at like Mars Hill, I think this is why sometimes when I teach or if I'm doing like a Bible study, I always make sure I let the people know, make sure you're reading the Bible, make sure you're studying it, make sure you're really going in depth and ask a lot of questions if you don't understand something. Because I don't, I want to know how many times a pastor can make these outlandish claims from the pulpit and maybe sprinkling a little scripture seasoning. And people just say, oh, well, you use the Bible verse, so it's okay. Even though they could be blowing that, using it way out of context, but you would never know because you don't do your homework. Um, And I think that's one thing that I liked about Paul is even though he's like, yeah, Corinth, you guys have a lot of issues. You have a lot of problems. But here's what Jesus did. Here's what Jesus taught. I've been through the same situation. And yet, because I put my trust in Jesus, here's kind of the outcome of that. And we do see, here's kind of the outcome of some of the other leaders who are before you, how they're living out their faith, you know, learn from them, you know, learn from them and how they live out their faith and, and how their lives are really good and really great. And they don't have to go up to some of these old ways or these pagan ways of living. Like they're doing these great things, living for the Lord, even though it's challenging, even though it's hard, especially in this culture in Corinth. But still, they're able to live a good life, and their life is blessed by God because they are being obedient to the to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think again, it's just a fine line, right? It is it's such a I don't know, like a sacred space where I mean, first and foremost, right? Like it's your responsibility, the high calling on your life to lead people to Jesus. And I don't know, like it's well, we've we've not had this conversation about professionalism, right? I don't think in any of the episodes that we've done, but I like, don't think so. No, but like I, you know, I've shared that I work in higher education that that would never fly if I went into a staff meeting and just went on a rant and said, you know, told the dean of my office and the dean of the college that I work in that like, hey, I don't think you're doing great or hey, this isn't right or Hey, I don't think you should be talking to this person that way. Or like, like I, that is not my place. That's not professionalism, and that's not professionalism in the workplace. And so, or, like, 
or even in the classroom, if you were at a higher yeah. institution and a professor did that and just students going, you guys don't know, you know, some of you don't know Jack because the average grade and here's a D minus and everything else. I mean, I don't think that's on the student, maybe, but still you're criticizing the students and I'm sure the students are going to be like, okay, I'm going to report this to the dean of your department because mm -hmm. if we don't know anything because we feel like you're not teaching us something, then we're going to report it and that person's probably going to either be on disciplinary action or probably going to lose their job. Well, I also think there's a time and a place to have a conversation. And I don't think that conversation needs to have happen in front of your entire congregation between you and the pastor. And whether that person knows it or not, or whether the church knows it or not, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's a, uh, you know, it's definitely definitely a trigger thing for me because I've seen it done, you know, numerous times. And honestly, I, you know, listening to like the Marcio podcast and listening to the Hillsong documentary and some other things recently where we talk about, um, you know, the great resignation or different things in, in ministry culture right now. Like there are, um, I look back on some things now and I'm like, how did I not see those things? And, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty hurtful to be honest. Um, and yeah, I just, it's, it's very concerning and whether, whether pastors know they do it or not, or whether it's malicious or, uh, or not like they, you just gotta be careful. You just have mm -hmm. to be careful in all aspects of life, uh, yeah. and especially from the pulpit. And, um, it's. I don't know. Like I don't preach very often because I lead worship a lot. Um, that's my, my main area of ministry. But like when I when I teach, man, I I just I take that so seriously, and I don't want to be critical of people because yeah. I, I a I don't know what they're going through, but b you know that's just a that's such a special moment between you, the Lord, and, and the Lord's people, and so you got to take that seriously and not turn it into a bash session. And I think yeah, too. I, I think too too many times, you know, even growing up in my in my experience, um, you know, business meetings in churches and board meetings in churches, and even in church services where people just decided to make a fool of themselves by, you know, calling out the pastor while the sermon was going on, or you know, crucifying the pastor during a business meeting because they weren't happy with how money was being spent, or wondering why money wasn't in the right spot, or yeah, you know that they, you know, painted the church and didn't tell somebody, you know, like some of the dumb stuff that we, we we've gone through over the years, Scott, but like, it, it's very, 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 um, uh, hurtful, but it's also very serious. And like, it's no wonder people are turning away from the church. It's no wonder people don't want to come to church because stuff like that happens and it happens too much. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for, and I'll, I'll speak from the preaching side, you know, there's been, there's been a couple times where if I was preaching a very hard message that I felt like, you know, my congregation needs to hear it because I feel like it's an issue. There's been times where I've like said, Hey, call one of my elders saying, Hey, I'm going to send you my message that I typed up. I want you to read through it. And I just want you, I just want your thoughts and opinions on it. I feel like there's an issue. Here's the issue that I want to speak about. I also don't want it to be a bash bash. I don't also don't want it to be a bash you over the head sermon. I want it to be one where it's like, hey, 
take a look in the mirror. Here's some imperfections that we see that I'm seeing. Here are some of the ways we can try to correct it. You know, certain things. So it's like, so once I kind of do that, and then sometimes I'll get feedback from, and I've done that like maybe a couple of times if I was really cautious. I think it always goes back to humility. I think it also goes back to the idea that, hey, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to preach something where I'm getting to the point where it's like, you know, I really need to hit my congregation over the head because they're just not seeing this issue that I'm seeing. Um, but I also want them to see it in a way that transformation happens, not that they go home feeling shameful and guilty, you know? Because that's the thing I don't really, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Micah, but I feel like anytime when I see Jesus heal people or Jesus like talk to people, I never feel like that these people that when Jesus talked to them, they felt such a great sense of shame that the, it was the shame that led them towards repentance or it was the shame that led them to having this awakening in their lives where they had to go and tell people about Jesus. I mean, I think about the, Samaritan woman at the well. Like, I don't think when Jesus was talking to her, even when he said, you know, I know that you, I know that you have had five husbands and the person you're living with now is not your husband. Like, I don't think he's saying like, hey, that's bad. Like he just made it. He just made a statement. Like, I know this about you, but I don't think at any way he didn't say, you need to you need to stop doing living this lifestyle. You need to like it was her that decided, oh, I need to make that change now. I'm talking to this prophet, I'm talking to this guy, I'm talking to him about worship. And I mean, that's the thing, like he doesn't get to that part of her life until after they have this conversation about worship and and you know, where do where do you worship at? Like there's a lot of times before that personal thing even gets brought up. And I think that when it comes to being mindful of what you're preaching, stay humble, allow the spirit to move through you. But then I would say, ask a good trusted, like a trusted colleague, like another pastor, or even like your elder board, just talk to your head. Hey guys, or Hey head elder, please look at my message. I feel like this is what I want to try to, this is the message I want to convey do you feel like I'm conveying that message through this or am I being a little bit too harsh and you feel like it's going to have the opposite effect? You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, putting that. And then plus it kind of eliminates pride. It's like, well, it's my message. So I'm going to preach it the way God tells me to like, well, but you're part of a body. And if you have other leaders in the body, just say, Hey, if you agree with this and that way, if you preach it and someone in the church gets mad, because it was too harsh, at least you had the elder board or somebody look over it so that you have someone who can vouch for you too. Yeah. And I think also too um, that, you know, I was flipping through the New Testament to the Gospels really quickly, but like um, you talk about what to preach and why. However, you, and you talked about the response of people and of the people, like when people have that transformational moment in their life or that, that uh, the healing power of Jesus or the, the part where they become saved and they, they, they recognize Jesus for who he is and, and become a Christ follower. And that transformation that happens, that should be a, a joyous occasion. And the fact that you're the, you're the pastor that gets to preach and lead and teach those people through that moment is should be the most humbling 
thing ever. Um, and when I was flipping through the New Testament, like, you know, there are so many different parables and stories of Jesus where um, he would perform miracles. And at the end of his miracles, uh, one of the words in one of the different versions of the Bible, it says the people were marveled by what Jesus had done. Right. And so, like, it, it just it blows my mind that, like, you know, and that should be the way that the church responds to somebody coming to Jesus. And I think that that's a lost art form if you even want to call it an art form that's a lost response i think it's a better term for it um i was reading i i'd flipped right up into luke 8 when jesus calms the storm and at the end of it after he calms the storm he's, jesus says to them where's your faith and at the end of that verse in that passage it says and they were afraid and they were marveled saying to one another who is this that commands even the winds and water to obey them and it's like they were marveled they were in they were in awe. They were in shock. So like, and I'm not saying, hey, Scott, when you're preaching a sermon, like you're not Jesus, but like you're preaching and communicating the word of God. And hopefully the Holy Spirit will tran, you know, transform yeah. the people in the hearts and the minds of folks that are um around you and receiving that word. Um and again, I just think I think pride gets in the way of of so much and uh we just have to be mindful of what's going on around us and and what we're saying. And again, that's a great point that you brought up about um, if you're not sure about what you're speaking about, if you're not sure about um, the text or the the points that you're trying to make within your sermon or your teaching, put one elder in. That's what they're for. Have your elder listen to your sermon. It shouldn't be some secret or something like that. It's like, like that's why you put elders around you and leaders around you to, um, to have those conversations and if they're tough and if they're hard, then guess what? It's working. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, really realistically it's working. Like God, if you came to me and said, you had a word from God, but you said you were struggling with it. You were struggling with writing it. You were struggling with how you were going to communicate it. And you're like, all right, I'm trying to make this point. And I said, you know, it's a great point. However, I don't know that I would word it like this or communicate it like this. Maybe if you did this, this, and this, and move these things around and reworded how you were saying that, it would be um, received a whole lot better than what originally you had it planned to be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's such a it's such a sacred space, and it's such a high calling, and I think that we just need to be careful. We just need to be careful. I think I've said that a hundred times during this episode, but I think we just need to be careful and respectful of of the pulpit and the safe, the safe space that that is. Absolutely. And I think that will just be a good word to kind of end on on this episode. So friends, thank you so much for listening. Uh, maybe if you're a pastor and you're listening to this, and maybe you're kind of in that point where like, man, I feel like I need to communicate some harsh truth, but I also struggle with it. You know, I think that's great that you struggle with it. You know, have a balance. If you're someone who's like, you know, I'm just going to preach whatever I want, and I don't care what anyone else thinks, then maybe you need to Maybe you need to kind of go to the altar and allow God to kind of humble your spirit. Maybe, maybe heal some of your hurt that you have in there because maybe some of it's not becoming, you know, th thus says the Lord. But I think a lot of it may be coming from hurt and pain you're experiencing that you need to say, hey, I need to check this at the door and allow God to maybe speak to me first before I start speaking to other people. Maybe I need to pull the log out of my own eye before I start seeing the speck in my congregation before I start being ranting and raving towards them. 
But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, give us a five-star review and leave us a little note. If you have any things that you've listened to from our previous podcast that you would like to comment, feel free to send us a mail, email, uh, go to thescottstebbin.com. You can send me an email there. or Just make a comment on our Facebook page, YouTube page, uh, wherever you're listening to um, this podcast. And we'll be sure to kind of read those letters and those comments on our uh, on our next podcast. So, guys, thank you so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And we'll be back on next week with a new episode. Take care. 